Sports Lombardi Line on a Monday as we welcome you in. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey as we uh, we give you, as Aaron turns, an update on Aaron Rodgers. We have to. It's applicable to the futures market. Obviously, the reigning MVP. I don't know if you've heard anything today. It does feel a little all quiet on the Rodgers front right now, but I'm going to throw a couple of teams at you. But first, if you've heard anything, let me know, Michael. I would love to, Patrick. I have heard nothing. I mean, I think none of us are going to hear anything because this is a conclave. This is a little bit like Vatican City where the Pope, Mr. Murphy, is in, is in, a, in his office and only he can make the decision. Only then we can see white smoke and he's got to have a meeting. I thought it was interesting today that Mike Holmgren came out and said, I would have never let this happen. And he's right. He would have never let this happen. Like, he's exactly right. It's all what I've been saying. It should never have gotten this far. If there would have been an owner or anybody who's not thinking he's running an athletic department in charge of the team, this would have never happened. And yet it did. And he would have been able to facilitate the relationship? Was that his main point? Holmgren. I think he would have he would have known. I mean, he would have had conversations. He would have gone through. They would have had a talk. They would have been able to, you know, like what's wrong, Aaron? Talk to me. You know, hey, I'm going to draft this 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 uh, this quarterback, Jordan Love. I mean, I thought Terry Bradshaw made a great point. Terry Bradshaw, look, they drafted Mark Malone. They drafted a bunch of guys when I was here. I had to fight for my job every year. I don't think anybody has a problem with that. I think when you get it told to you the same way some fan in Appleton or lacrosse hears about it through the media, then it becomes a little disrespectful. All right, so you see the latest numbers, or the, we could dig that up. That Bronco number, I mean, somebody knows something here. Like, like, what is going on with that Bronco number, right? <laughs> really? I mean, it's affected every aspect of their futures play. Uh, but the Denver Broncos, I'll, let's, let's start. I'm going to throw a few teams at you, see if it makes sense in any way, uh, because obviously it's a player of his magnitude. The Broncos make sense, right? Yeah, they do because they have a really good football team that's missing one player. You want to talk about a team that could legitimately complete, compete with the Chiefs? You know, you, yeah. you, the Broncos. Now, I'm not saying that, that, you know, look, you put Rodgers on that offense with some of the skill players they have there, they'll be really good. They'll 100%. be really good. Add a layer in that it's hard to play in altitude. Add a layer that with fans back in the stands, the Broncos is a t- tougher place to play than you might typically think last year. So for me, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I think that's why the number – hey, look, they're just a quarterback away. I think if they would have drafted Trey Lance or anybody, I think the numbers would have gone. We thought the number was too low to begin with. You know, once they get away from this Drew Locke uh, love affair that John Elway has, they can become a good football team. They've got defensive ends. They've got, you know – Linebackers, they've got corners. They've got four, three corners that can go cover anybody in the National Football League, and certainly that matches up with the uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. So I like it. I, I, I just don't see, if you're the Raiders and you're John Gruden, you don't want them to go to Denver because now you're looking at fourth place, right? You're going to be clearly in fourth place, and I know Brent would disagree with me, but you're looking at fourth place. If I'm if I'm the Raiders, why aren't I after him as much as I have a quarterback to give them? Yeah, I can make a better deal. I can make any deal they can, and I can make it better. You know, as they said once, I could turn a sad song and make it a good one. You know, I mean, I can do that, right? 
I can play the happy tune for you. I'll give you, I'll give you Derek Carr back. There. Now, what does that call, What does that mean? Well, you got you got a legitimate quarterback who's, you know, you could win the you could win the North with Carr playing. And you can win the North with yeah, Carr. You can make fun of Carr. I mean, you know, Carr's not perfect, but he's more he's more serviceable than Jordan Love. So if I get Carr back, I now have Carr. Give me some draft picks. You know, how many draft picks is it going to need for a 38-year-old quarterback? I know he's the reigning MVP. You think you need two ones? If you're Gruden, you got seven years. What do you care? You think this guy can play four more years? I do. You're not going to get equal. You're not going to get the value, whatever, however you measure. You are, you are though, Patrick. If you have competition, okay. If you have competition, if you get two people that you get two people at the poker table, and it's two teams in the same division, you're going to get. You know, this isn't going to get held up by a third round pick. Okay, let me throw a couple. You're not going to say no. Wait a minute, I'm not doing this because you asked for a third. You, you, you know, you're going to have to hold on and go. Let me let me throw a couple other teams at you that could potentially pose some competition to the Broncos. I'm looking at the Broncos number right there. They're four and a half to win the West. <laughs> I know, it's unbelievable. Somebody knows something. Somebody I mean, knows something. You know, some, wasn't that a Sopranos episode? Some somebody knows something. Somebody I mean, knows like something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about yep. I'll throw a team at you? About the Carolina Panthers. Does it make sense in any way? You know. Short term, yes. Long term, no. Being, I think he would nix that deal. I think he would say, "Look, I'm not going to Carolina. I'm trying to get closer to the West Coast, not further <laughs> away." You know, like I don't want the Eastern Seaboard. I want the Western Seaboard. You know, so like Denver, you, Vegas, you're right there. You're a pitching wedge away from California. I mean, he can get to San Francisco. Easy flight, you know, he can get to L.A., easy flight. I mean, that's why Vegas, to me, makes so much sense. Like, if I were a betting man, and I don't bet, but I give advice, I would be all over the Raiders because I do think they have an appetite to engage in this. Okay, I was going to bring up the Raiders in a second, but let me bring up the team you see, NFC South, second to win the South behind the Buccaneers is the Saints. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about yeah, the Saints. Don't, don't I- don't ever underestimate Sean Payton. Uh, that's you know, what, that's Sean, Sean Payton. That's why I'm bringing it up. He's kind of the maestro. Sean Payton, you know, he could go in there and he could, you know, he doesn't care about draft picks. He knows that he would, he's selling point to Aaron Rodgers would be, look, bro, I'll extend your career. You know, Drew could have played forever. You know, you at 38 and Drew at 38, you're two different players. You know, you could play to 43, 44, and I'll make the offense friendly. I'll do, you know, they didn't start practice at the Saints until Drew told Sean, I'm ready to go. Until he was stretched and ready to go. You know, after games, it took Drew forever to get ready, and they waited on him. I mean, they, they, they waited on him. You know, how long it takes you to comb your hair, do whatever you got to do, brush your teeth? Okay, sure, no problem. We'll wait. Even though we want to get back to the, to the plane, we're waiting on you. They did everything in their power to cater to Drew. And that's the way Sean is. That sales point will go the same to Aaron. You're going to be the biggest person. You're going to be the most important person in this organization. Who knew that Drew Brees was so high maintenance? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't want to say high maintenance, but took some. You know, he's he's methodical. I think would be a better. Okay, term. gotcha. Be plotting. Uh, Plot, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to stretch. I got to make sure I'm loose. You, you know, you, I mean, you, that's fun. What's funny about that is when you do see him warming up, it's always the exact same. I know a lot of these guys are 
creatures of habit. He's but. a creature. He's a creature of habit, and and you know, Sean gave him the rope to have that habit and to be able to control what he wanted to do moving forward. So, like, look, just Aaron Rodgers will have the same speech. And it, it, the Saints is interesting just because bit of a window closing on that. They're going to be in a very big transitionary period coming up, right? Because of the way that yeah, they're structured. But, they're getting a little bit older, yeah. cap space. They are, but I just, I think he just feels like, look, I'll just keep putting patches on this tire, and as long as I can run this offense, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. You know, I, I can run this offense. We're going to be okay. We're going to score points. I'm going to be okay with the offense. And I just think that's how he thinks. I think he's... I think like what Matt Rule did in the draft, where he basically traded down in a couple rounds. He didn't end up paying for the draft choices for Sam Darnold because he ended up getting a bunch of extra picks this year. Eventually, he has to give them over. But when you when you look at what he had to start, what he ended up with, and what he's paid, he ends up with a net victory over Sam Darnold. That's been Sean Payton's whole modus operandi. Yeah, I'll trade up. I'll give away a bunch of picks now. I'll trade down. I'll take guys off a practice squad. I'll steal a guy here. I'll take a – I mean, he's constantly working the waiver wire. He's 365 days trying to build his roster, which he has to offset because most teams after the draft, they just say, okay, I'm, we're done. That's it. All right, I don't even see the next team on our list of where will Aaron Rodgers take his next snap, but I'm going to throw one at you that's random, a long shot. What about Miami? Obviously a ton of assets, a team that feels like maybe with somebody like a Rodgers could win now. Is there anything to Miami? You know, I, that's a hard one. I mean, you would, I, again, it's further from the, it's further from the West coast, you, you know, sure. so I can't see that one, but uh, you know, I don't think that's a team that would be, I think that where they are as a team, the youth of their team, they need a young quarterback to come through for them. And the last one, this is just for fun because you're sitting really close to it. How about the Eagles? They could use a quarterback. Doesn't seem like them. I mean, it would be perfect for them, right? But I just don't think that that would be what they would do. I think that they, you know, some teams value where they are in terms of as their age of their team, right? And so I think that they feel like their team is – is a young team. They need to get a young quarterback to build for the next 10 years. And I don't think that would take them into the Rodgers camp. They're not in that win mode now. Timeline. What are we looking yeah, at I don't for know. a timeline? It's so weird. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what the timeline would be. I think it just comes down to when, really it's going to come down to when the Packers say, okay, we're done. We're not doing it. We're, we're going to trade them. And they're not going to share that with us, but I do think that's when it'll come down. Okay. It's a why. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I, do you see it in any way being fixed within, and him uh, continuing to play for the Green Bay Packers? To me, it's it does feel like he may dig in here. I think he's going to dig in. I think he's going to dig in, and and I think he he clearly has made it a point that it's. It's, you know, it's personal and it, and that's no, there's no fixing it because we've learned whether true or not, that they have tried to raise his salary. They've tried to make him the highest paid quarterback. They've done everything to kind of appease him. And I don't think they're going to fire the general manager because I really don't see why he's the problem in all this. I think that's, that's kind of been the wrong point of it all. So, you know, when they decide and they're not going to tell us when they decide, that's why I think. There's something to the Mark Schlereth report that, that's given this number some credibility, right? Mark Schlereth reported it on draft day that there was discussions going. 
definitively. Now, you know, Mark Slareff's not the kind of guy that no. is deals in rumors and, you know, and he's not trying to build his Twitter following up by reporting something. You know, so, like, usually... Like me, when I get something that I know is reliable, I'm going to report it. If it turns out to be wrong, then I was wrong. But I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to compete with Adam Schefter. Neither is Mark Slareff. And so he got that from somebody he trusted, somebody reliable. And there's got to be some credibility to it. Yeah, NFL Network's Jesse Palmer reports Denver is legitimate landing spot for Rodgers. I didn't realize this. The Broncos have the second most cal- salary cap space in the league. I, I thought yeah. it was Jacksonville and the Jets, but they must have done some maneuvering this this offseason, the Broncos, huh? Yeah, I'm, well, you know, they, they have, and, and, you know, they've got a good young team. I mean, they've got a good young team. I mean, let's face it, they've got a lot of – that skill players on offense, you know, they get – Courtney Sutton back this year. They've got the tight end, Fant, you know, they've got offensive line. Now they need the right tackle fix because James tore his Achilles. But Bowles played much better. Munchak's one of the best line coaches in all of football. They've got two running backs that they can Judy utilize and effectively. And they got Hamler and Judy to go along with Sutton, you know, to go along with Beverly, the big kid from Virginia that the plays. Two edges on defense. I mean, Vaughn's back. I mean, that's a good team. Al Jackson, the inside linebacker, played really well for him. They had the kid they drafted in the second round. So, like, this is a good football team. And then they got the three corners, Sertan, Fuller, you know, uh, uh, that, that can cover. And, you know, with a defensive coordinator, you know, that they have a, a great ability to, to attack the pocket. If they can play from in front, they could be really a, a, really a unique team. So, you know, I, I've been saying it all along that they're just a quarter. To me, I have liked them. They were at seven and a half before they got taken off the board. I, I've liked them. Will Hill made the point. You know, he's been three years. I've been liking them for three years because I think they're pretty good. But for the most part, you know, they don't really have anything. I mean, they sign Ronald Darby. They get an outside corner, a nickel. They got Fuller. They got Kareem Jackson still playing. They got a, a, really a good strong free safety in, in, in Justin Simmons. I mean, the, the Alexander Johnson kid is the inside linebacker. They drafted Browning from Ohio State in the third round. The offensive line's intact. They drafted Javante Williams in the second round to go along with to go along with Melvin Gordon, to go along with Mar- Michael Boone, who they signed. I mean, this is a good football team. This is a really good football team, but they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. Do you and pl- a good football team with home field advantage. It's hard to play there. Right. And I didn't even mention one of their better players is Bryce Callahan, the slot corner that fits perfectly well, into Vic's scheme. I mean, they got really good players they're, they're, here. They're, they're a really loaded team. Well, it was interesting to move on from Lindsey. Did feel like he was a good compliment because he and I he, think he's hurt. I think he think must so? be hurt. I think he's definitely hurt. There's no doubt. He, you know, because he did. He could change directions. He could do things in the in the run game. I just don't think he was 100 percent healthy, and I don't think they wanted to have to deal with it. Do you put any credence to the reports? Tim Tebow potentially signing as a backup tight end in Jacksonville. I mean, just let, let the worldwide leader go down there and cover it. I mean, that's because that all they'll do is talk about it. I mean, he not. I mean, we'll see if he can play. I mean, how has he ever shirt, played? Shirt off, running around the, the training I mean, camp. Come on. I mean, how many times are we going to go watch Tim Tebow do something that he's not able to do? Whether it's the Mets, baseball. I mean, enough already, please. <laughs> I mean, he's he's not afraid to try. That, that's... I mean, it's, I love it. I mean, but this isn't the Olympics. Like, we're not going to just keep going. I mean, you're Tim Tebow. Like, you had your chance to play quarterback. If you wanted to go play tight end, when you're, you'd go play tight end. Now that your baseball career is over, you want to try tight end. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, to me, it's, it's just about a guy that doesn't want to get out of the spotlight. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I think you might be onto something. Hey, by the way, remember last year when MVP Mitch completely dominated the market? There's a new quarterback that fits the MVP Mitch mold. When we come back, I'm going to tell you who it is and see if there's any value on this wait. quarterback to win the MVP. It's not MVP Mitch. Mitch is in Buffalo now. This quarterback, though, we'll come back and discuss here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Then Josh is going to stop by on a Monday. get Josh Applebaum up in just a little bit. It's crazy how time flies because I said last year was the big buzz year for MVP Mitch. It's actually two years ago now. Two years ago, yeah. Where our I was in Aust- I, That's when I went to Australia. I was like, that's when I was down under. And right before I left, I was I came out and I did the morning show. I did Mitch and Polly. They were on vacation. And that's when it was all going crazy on it. And I was like, and John oh Murray. God, Remember you... John Murray over at the West My Westgate. man, John Murray. Yeah, I know. I know. I feel so badly for John. I know he was so, so worried. He was so devastated about the liability that he had on MVP Mitch. Well, he turned out okay. I was okay. really concerned. Yeah. yeah, I think he did. They turned out okay. So I bring it up because there's a new buzz name. As far as MVP odds, the, mm. it's a, it's also a quarterback. Mm-hmm. MVP Daniel Mitch. Jones. It doesn't have the same ring to it, but the buzz around Vegas right now on an individual player is MVP Kirk. Kirk Cousins. You can get him at oh sixty-six to one at BetMGM, fifty to one at a couple of books here. So he's getting bet a little bit. MVP Kirk. Do you see it? I don't. I don't. I, I think, you know, <laughs> usually um, usually those MVP seasons happen. Now, look, Rich Gannon in 2002, you know, would have nobody would have thought he was going to be the MVP of the league. But 2001, he played really well. We lost a playoff game, conference championship game to, to uh, the Baltimore Ravens when Saragusa landed on top of, of Rich and he got hurt. And Bobby Hoeing had to play the rest of the game. And the, there she goes. And then the next season, we went to the Super Bowl. Uh, with Rich having the most incredible season of all, brought most of the team back, really good offensive line. I don't see that in the same case. I think there are a lot of things to work out in Minnesota, particularly in their offensive line. I think they've got to fix that before he can become a legitimate player. And every time they've played against good teams, I've never felt like Kirk Cousin has risen to the challenge. I think he takes a lot of heat, but, you know, I think they're going to have to – He's he had a good year last year. Statistically, he had a good year, Michael. Always has a good year. Yeah. Always has a good year, right? I mean, like, at some point. But, you know, Darishaw, the kid they drafted, it, it will be the starting left tackle. Will he be good enough to hold up in there? Look, they can run the ball with da- Darren Cook, da- Dalvin Cook and Matheson. I mean, this is a good team offensively with the way they move the football and the way Jefferson played last year as a first-round pick. So I could see that. You know, I, could I see him being the MVP? No, I don't think, though. It's not as far-fetched as MVP Mitch. Let no, me no, just say no, that. no. It's not as far-fetched and, as and that. And also, I think some of the buzz is, is coupled with the idea of potentially Rodgers being out of that division. If he is, a very good possibility. Minnesota could really dominate that division. 
so that's where you start when talking about these individual awards. You always start in division, then branch out. So maybe that's part of it. You know, he did throw for almost 4,300 yards, uh, 4,300 yards, 35 I, touchdowns last year. If you want to get into this in the MVP market, it's really not a hard market to get into. Take five names and just bet a Hondo on them, bet, bet a Ben Franklin on them. And you're going to cash one of those five names. You could pretty well predict who those five, you know, Mahomes is going to be one of those names in there. You know, last year we would have said Rodgers would have been one of those names in there. You know, and then you, is Josh Allen a name you're going to put in there? Those are the top I wouldn't three. Have said so, I wouldn't have said so last year, but you certainly think so. And then kind of take a chance on a couple guys down the road a little bit. Who, what team do you think could be really good that the quarterback's going to take the step forward? Could it be Carson Wentz? I don't think so, but... You know, I wouldn't play that name, but there's a team that certainly has a quarterback. If he plays well and they get to the conference finals or, or they win the division, I have a great record. People are going to look at him. He was an MVP candidate in 17 with Frank Wright. So I think that's how you have to approach this. I thought you were going to hit me with Daniel Jones. I thought you were going to say Daniel. Oh, no. Because, no, no, because no, no. well, the reason I said that is because we were getting so much conversation from Thomas about giant liability on Super Bowls and playoffs. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I thought it was going to carry over. I thought you were going to carry it over into there. The cousin one isn't far fetched. I wouldn't bet it. I would say this. I would not bet it. I don't see it as far fetched. Do you? What about a number like this? And again, maybe I'm biased, but it's, you know, twenty twenty-five to one on Matthew Stafford in Los oh, yeah, Angeles. There, That's there a would good be number. one. There would be one. There would be a really good. And if they go to twelve wins and he has the kind of year he thinks he has, and everything's great. The momentum, certainly, I think that could be the case. Because remember, the voting's done before the playoffs start. So it's just regular season voting. Yep, that's 100% right. Matthew Stafford, BetMGM, 18-1. to But I got another book open on my phone here at 20-1. to You know, I mean, I wouldn't play Kyler Murray. I, I don't trust him to stay healthy. Russ, Russell Wilson at 20-1 to is a good number. The, 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 I think the other column, I don't see that. How about Josh you know, Allen all of a sudden, th- third betting favorite to win to one, the MVP? 12 to 1. But look, I mean, as long as Patrick Mahomes stays over 600, you know, then you, then you could take 500 and bet it around. You're still going to win 100 bucks, right? Yeah, 100%. MVP Kirk. It's not that crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm, no, I'm you're not, not touching it. All right, fine. I'll bet my whole entire life savings on Kirk Cousins. We come back, Josh Applebaum joins us. Little market update. all the latest lines and odds for every game on the board tonight. You can track the line movements, which is so important uh, with live charts. Get estimated scores for every matchup and all the betting information you need. Again, there's nothing more important than be able to track uh, the line movement. We got we got you covered over at vsin.com and if you're looking for an individual sports, go vsin.com slash NBA, vsin.com slash MLB and on and on. You can use our parlay calculator to figure out payouts and betting information, betting 101. Everything's there. Start your free trial. Go to vcin.com right now. Okay, Michael Lombardi in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher in Vegas. Here comes Josh Applebaum. Market Insights is the podcast, vcin.com slash podcast. Josh, how you doing, man? 
Patrick, Michael, doing great. Another week getting started here. Uh, I would say, Michael, I got bad news for you. Mr. Baseball, yeah. who's been killing it. There's only six games today. We just got San Diego, Colorado rained out, unfortunately. So fewer games to choose from, but maybe we can find some winners today, guys, hopefully. Well, yeah, we yeah. gotta look. We gotta find some winners. I mean, that's what we get paid to do, right? I mean, we gotta find a few somewhere along here, Patrick. We, we know right? we will. And here, you want to know? I have one. Oh, heads up! Incoming, Mister Baseball Bomb. Well, I mean, look, I get you know, I gotta get my you know, I gotta get my things in just to want to make sure I'm on this. Hit, hitting a casual out. like ninety three percent on the year, no big deal. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, look, you got to get it. You got to get it in here, and you got to see what you got. Look, hold on, there's mm -hmm. only three. Wait. I got my notes right in front of me, Patrick. One it's a good take. Listen, this is a tease. I like the today. Teases. I like the today. I like the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds are playing the Pirates, who are two and eight in their last ten games, and they've been outscored forty-nine to twenty-eight in that span. And even though they've won two games, both of those wins have been by one run. And while they've getting decent starting pitching, the offense can't do very much. So I'm going to go with the Reds, and I'm going to take them at what I think it is, minus 130. No, it's up to minus 147. I thought it was when I was looking at this morning, it was minus 139. I'll still take the Reds today. How do you like that? Josh, Josh, are you on the, and on he packed, the Pirates? Hold on. He packed a big lunch because, again, you got to pack a big lunch if you're going to hang with Michael Lombardi in his park. He got the best of the number. So he was up at like 3 a.m. betting this, and he got the Reds yeah. laying like a buck 30 something. It's all the way up to 147, Josh. Yes, that's how you can tell our guy Michael doing his homework. He's getting these good numbers. He's getting them early. And, Michael, I, I do agree with you. This is a line move here to the Reds. You know, at first, we kind of saw with the Pirates, it was kind of a line freeze. It is, you know, a majority of bets on the Reds. But at one point, it kind of stayed where it's at. But really, Michael, I think what you like to see right now is in the last hour or so, you have had some pretty big steam to Cincinnati. They've gone from uh, around minus 135 to minus 145. Some shops around minus 147. So big money is coming in. The other one that I would look for is uh, a favorite when you kind of have a uh, a little bit of a rest advantage so you have the uh the reds last playing on the eighth whereas the pirates played yesterday when you have that one day rest advantage kind of get your bullpen uh maybe rested here get your position players a day off line move there to cincinnati has done pretty well michael i'll throw this one at you too we did see this line fall it was eight uh down to seven half with a total however the wind is blowing out here some of these books are kind of yeah. juicing back up that over there and michael cincinnati 20 and 10 to the over this year they've done very well and they had a three game series earlier this year uh, uh, a lot of these scores, I think it was like there was an 11 to four game, a 14 to one game. So, what do you think, Michael? Would you uh, would you just take your Reds or any intrigue to win blowing out uh, in Pittsburgh, maybe to the over seven and a half? I love the over. Cincinnati's a really good hitting team against right-handed pitching. And I think the thing that worries me about this pick, and I was hesitant to give it earlier, is because the bullpen of the Reds has, has given up at, at 5.63 earn run average, and they're dead last in the National League. So if they turn this over to the bullpen, I'm a little worried. But I do love the over here as well. I love the Reds, and I love the over. Steph, you can add it to my graphic. I'll take the over here, too. I'll go, too. Ooh, play two. There's a couple truisms. Let's play two, Patrick. Yeah, I know. Why not? I game. mean, you know, hey, we're, we, well, we're all we're off Tuesday and Wednesday. We better give out two picks Yo, today. Yolo. You know, hey, Yolo, bro. we got our bullpen coming in. Our bullpen's a hell of a lot better than five, six, <laughs> three. Me, I can tell you that. Don't you? It's gonna be lit. Two games, two for one, two. And here's a couple things. One, we know it, facts in life. Water is wet. And two, Josh Applebaum is a freaking contrarian. So, and follow the line <laughs> movement to play his bets. So, yep. we know this. Boston, Jorge Lopez is on the bump for the Orioles today. But yet, Josh is still going to back the Orioles <laughs> because the line movement is headed their way. Isn't this true with your Red Sox in town? 
It is unfortunately true here, Patrick. You know I'm a diehard Sox fan, born and raised, but uh, I think the value would be on Baltimore today. This is a game you, may, you you expect the Sox to win here, guys, but what I do like about this one, you know, the Sox are going for a sweep. They're playing great. They do have the best record in baseball right now. This is a four-game series. This is the fourth and final game here. But really what jumps out to me is this is the most lopsided play of the day. You have about seven, eight out of ten bets laying the wood with Boston. However, despite this lopsided betting, you have seen the Red Sox dip a little bit. They open around minus 145. They're down to around minus 138. You would have Baltimore as number one, your most contrarian play of the day. If you think, think if you ask TG, he's really hoping the Orioles pull this one out because it's so lopsided. But you would also have uh, divisional dogs. They're about 5% ROI this year. Uh, dog with a high total. Total's nine in this one. Dog with a line move in their favor and a sweet spot dog would match with Baltimore. So it is disgusting. Uh, if you don't want to play, I totally understand. But what I like about this one too, Michael, any intrigue to the under here? I think you look at these high ERAs, you say this thing's going to fly over. But it did open nine and a half. It is down to nine. You got wind blowing in. Uh, Baltimore's 22 and 12 to the under this year. The under's two and one this series. And when you have these high divisional unders, nine or higher, that stay the same or fall, the under's 56% this year. You know, I was leaning over here, Josh. I really was because, you know, uh, at Camden Yards, I think with the Red Sox, the way they hit the ball so effectively, you know, nine. I, I was even thinking if it was at 10, I might even think about taking that because I think both teams will hit the ball. Baltimore is hitting 274 against lefties this year, while Boston hits 263 against righties. So I think both teams will hit the ball. We talked about this game earlier. So I'm a little bit on the over there. Sorry about that. Oh, one thing I would like to say, one thing I would like to say is Devontae Adams is on Colin Cowherd's show today, and he kind of made it sound like, as I'm reading this, he made it sound like the Packers are talking to Aaron Rodgers. So there is conversation. Where that, where that becomes a resolution, I don't know. But according to Devontae Adams, they are having dialogue, which is the first step to reconciliation. So there is a conversation, according to Devontae Adams, one of the great wide receivers yeah. in the game. Said he, yeah, he said he talked, and I'll read this quote. He said he talked to Aaron. For now, Rodgers and the Packers have got to iron a few things out. Then hopefully uh, he'll be back on the show and celebrating. Hmm. Maybe wishful thinking from the wide receiver. Could be, could be, could be, could be. Could be. But look, I mean, he didn't come on. I mean, he didn't. He didn't come out there and say, you know, man, this is going to be ugly. You know, I yeah, mean, that's true. You know, he was. So, and you know, one thing about players, they're not afraid to give you their opinion. Just like some of them, hey, Mac Jones, way better than Tua. You know, they're not scared to give opinions. Players, they don't care. Yeah, I spoke with Amon Green, the old uh, Packer running back last week. He said he is 100% confident things will calm down and Aaron Rodgers will be a Packer next year. Who knows? I mean, that's wishful thinking. Well, obviously the book knows something because the Denver odds are going through the roof. So when you say who knows, somebody knows something. You better get snowshoes on if you're you're (laughs) listening to the books because the Broncos, and you can get some uh, THC there like like Mr. uh, The guy in the middle there, Mr. Applebaum, go get you some weed and Denver. Anyway, we come back. We got him. He like he's laughing. You digressed. You, you better go to break. You digressed anyway, you on that. Let's break. go. Yeah, yeah, we went off. I went off the rail. Hey, it's Friday. We come back. It really is. We come back. Excitement with BetMGM. You can win $100 tonight. It's pretty simple. The Bucks or the Spurs hit a three-pointer. 
and you use the bonus code VSIN100 at BetMGM, you're going to win $100 paid for in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app right now. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-2707-117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Tennessee, call or text Redline 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We do welcome you back. Michael Lombardi, Josh Applebaum, I'm Pat- Patrick Maher. We do have, before we get to the NBA, Josh, I know you wanted to hit on uh, another in a short day, just six games on the diamond. I think one was canceled, as you mentioned, or postponed. But let's talk about San Francisco here. Yeah, just real quick, guys. Again, today it's slim pickings MLB, but here's one game that I think late night. Make sure you keep an eye on this one. San Francisco Giants here. The Giants have uh, been playing great. 20-14, and 14, the fourth best record in Major League Baseball. Texas is coming to town here. They've done pretty surprisingly well, 18-18. and 18. They just took uh, took two or three from Seattle here, uh, where the Giants took two or three from the pods. But like about this one, guys, uh, it matches some systems for me if you want to take the Giants here. The Giants opened as around a minus 130, minus 135 favorite. They've been bet up to minus 145. It's not really a big lopsided public play. It looks to me like more of some respected money coming in on San Fran. This would match one system. I love these interleague line moves. You got to play the style of the home team here, depending on what league you're going to. But interleague line movement going where the line goes 30 and 21. That's 59% this year. You also have steam 10 cents or more in a non-division game. When a team's coming off a loss, so you're getting some money, you're at home, it's a non-division, you don't have to worry about the divisional dog. This spot here is 24 and 16, 60%. Favorite with a low total. Another spot here, uh, favorite of uh, a favorite with a low total of seven. Fewer amount of expected runs scored, more likely it might come from that better team here. Uh, and then, Michael, this uh, so num- number one, Michael, what do you think of the Giants here? They've been great at home, 12 and four, but also another wind blowing out, another uh, juiced up over seven here, possible opportunity. You know, night games at Oracle Park are about as pitcher-friendly as you can see in Major League Baseball. I mean, tonight, uh, you know, I think the temperature is going to be in the low 60s with high humidity and the wind blowing out. Uh, I'm surprised the number is at 7, but a lot of people seem to think that under is the play here. Uh, You know, so I'm kind of – I was off of it. I thought initially the over would have been the play, like you, but then when you start looking at the pitching matchup, San Francisco sends Alec Wood to the hill, you know, with his 1.98 ERA – and an 0.78 whip, like, I'm a little bit scared about that, you know? So uh, that was just me. I, I, got, I backed off of it, Josh. But you have, more, you have more guts than I do when it comes to that. Well, he's a big <laughs> Orioles fan now, so we, he's, he's Huge O's fan. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, and, the, and Gibson's, Kyle Gibson's only allowed six runs over the last 41 innings. Kyle Gibson had a terrible first start of the year. It was, I think, in Kansas City. Not that I'm a degenerate. In Kansas City, on the road to open the season, Kyle Gibson was the opening day starter for the Rangers. He was terrible. Since then, Michael just nailed it. He's been great. Been great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's why I was a little bit. That's why it, it made sense that that number was at seven, and you know, and and look, the Giants have exceeded everybody's expectations at twenty and fourteen, and and uh, you know, I just feel like at, at Oracle Park, it's pitcher friendly uh, because of the weather, and who knows? You know, one thing I will say, living in the Bay Area, unless you've really been out there, that that sixty degree temperature in the Bay. Is feels a lot colder than it would be 60 in New Jersey because of that fog and the wind. It just, it, 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 you know, it just doesn't feel good. It's just like, oh, and I can only imagine trying to hit a baseball in that weather. I mean, when you, we used to play, when I was at the Niners, we played a candlestick. And, you know, Sunday at 1, it was a beautiful day. 
You know, it's like I used to say, why are they all upset playing baseball when they played those night games at 730? Wow. It was a whole different game. When I used to go to Mick or Matt's uh, baseball games in the Berkeley because we lived in the Berkeley Hills, you had, to, you had to bring a parka. Literally, you had to bring like I had to bring my Raider coat over there. It was that cold. Well, it's, it's fascinating when you watch a Giants game in the middle of summer. So it'll be like, and yeah. I'm living in California, and it'll be like night. And they're bundled up. They've got gloves on. Oh. They've got, I mean, it just gets so – and I think even in the summer, it gets colder, I don't know, in the it evening. Does. It's, what it's did, weird. What did Mark, Mark Twain said? He had a great line. The coldest winter I ever spent was the summer in San Francisco. San Francisco. So, yeah. And it's true, especially when that fog sets in. And, you know, and you just – you know, the, I, I own two homes in the Bay Area when I worked for the Raiders for right. 10 years. And, no, no, I'm just saying, neither no. had air conditioning. Neither home – and one was a brand-new home. And didn't have air conditioning. What you've been to the park, right? Not can't. I'm not talking oh, candlestick. Yeah. I'm talking. I've about seen the new Springsteen thing. in that park. I've seen Springsteen flex. in that park. Yeah, flex. I glory dazed in that park. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, I get in the bathroom. The, one of my great memories, Greg Papa, the great, the great voice of the Raiders back in the day. We just happened to run at each other at the bathroom, and, and and he's like, I can't believe he didn't play like three songs he names. I'm saying, Greg, he can't play them all, bro. Like he can't play them all. <laughs> Always defending your boy Bruce. Josh, he can't play them all. <laughs> have you ever have you ever been to the Bay, Josh? I have never been. I've been to San Diego. I've been to L.A., but that's what it's it is. It's incredible I my coat there. Next time. Yeah. Michael, I feel like you, you long for that area. You loved living there. I loved it. Oh, well, what what I did you love about it? I love the weather, first and foremost, because you really didn't need air conditioning, which is, to me, the greatest thing of all, when you don't need air conditioning. And I loved that it was a change of seasons, but it wasn't dramatic. And the pines and the, the beautiful, the, up in the hills of Oakland, where gorgeous. I lived, the Berkeley Hills, it's just absolutely gorgeous, you know? And, and it, it's, you know, now traffic, traffic has gotten from bad to worse there. And if you don't use public transportation, it's damn near impossible to move around. You used to be able to slip into San Francisco, go over the, the bridge and come back out for dinner. But now it's much more uh, of a challenge. Yeah, I, I haven't been everywhere, but there's two places in the States. It's New Orleans and San Francisco where you kind of almost feel like you're in a different place. You're not, you're not in the United States anymore. The culture is so different. Right. And then, but see, you have to understand when you go south to where the 49ers train down in Santa Clara or you're on the where Stanford is, that's different weather than when you're in the Bay, when you're in San Francisco and in what they call the fog zone in Oakland, which is where Oracle Park is. And so when they build out on those basins, you know, those are really, and that's why as we get back to betting here, that's why it's such a pitcher's paradise there. Because even though it's the middle of yeah. summer, you're going to get a 58 degree day with the wind blowing in and it's cold and everybody's dressed in their parkas and they got the hats on you know and so that's why i think it becomes a little bit of the opposite of 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 colorado where it's so friendly for the pitcher yep for the you hitter see, you see that ball start to deaden and the total set tonight uh, for a cold game against the rangers hosting the rangers this total set at seven juiced up a little bit 125 to the over okay let's transition over to a little basketball and josh will start with a Pelicans team that just needs to keep winning if they're going to have a chance at this play-in. They're in Memphis tonight. No Ingram, no Zion, uh, but they're going to be catching nine here. 
Yeah, so Patrick, we really haven't seen much movement here with uh, with the spread here. It kind of opened nine, stayed at nine. Uh, majority of bets are grabbing Pelicans, saying even though Ingram and Zion are out, this is just too many points in this spot here. Uh, to me, though, I'm going to keep banging the drum with a lot of these totals here, guys, because as unpredictable as a lot of these spreads have been, you have seen, as we've talked about on Lombardi line a lot, these overs. Overs in the month of May, especially kind of the, uh, the perfect storm of teams tanking, not playing defense. We've talked about this a lot. But overs in the month of May now in the NBA, 39 and 32 nothing crazy that's 55 percent you go up until you know before the month of may it was kind of a 50 50 proposition all season long so to me and i'll throw this one at michael got two options first one this over michael pelicans and grizzlies uh open 227 and a half up to 229 and a half you're not getting the greatest number now but a lot of money seems to be pouring in this would also be if you layer on these may overs a may over when the line stays the same or rises they're 25 and 11 to the over 69 percent you have a tired legs over 230 or more 55 you also have the Pelicans, the second best over team in the NBA, and they're also one of the worst defensive teams, 23rd overall. So kind of what I like is the fact that even though there's no Zion and Ingram, you would think with these two offensive guys not playing that it would lead to a lower scoring game. But actually the opposite has happened and the line has risen. So, Michael, what do you think? Uh, any opportunity for an over here or do you think this number might be a little high? I think it's a little high, Josh. I mean, this, the Grizzlies have struggled to score at home this season. They've scored fewer eight, eight fewer points per game at home than they do on the road. They're 13-19 and 19 to the over and under at FedEx Forum, which is strange because you would think they would play much better. And what's not puzzling is the Pelicans are not very good when they don't have Williams in the lineup. Bledsoe's got to carry them, but I just don't see where all the points are going to come from. We know Memphis doesn't score their average at home. I think this number's gotten a little bit away from it. I, I would buy at my own risk here, Josh. Yep. All right, there it is. Let's go next one on the board. The Pacers need to keep winning as well. And they're at the Cavs tonight. Pacers oh, laying boy. upwards of eight and a half, I'm seeing. What do you got? Yeah, so first one is a uh, big public play, and it looks like maybe some respect to money, too, laying with the Pacers. The Pacers open minus six and a half, seven and a half, throw up to eight and a half. So this thing is rising here with a big move toward Indiana. But it would be another over opportunity that caught my eye. You actually have, um, you know, slight majority bets on the under saying this thing is too high. But a lot of these open 229 and a half, that's what we're showing now. But at points kind of throughout this morning and early afternoon, it did get up to like 230 and a half. So pretty much all this movement has been toward the over. Uh, you look at both of these teams, four and one to the over their last five Pacers believe it or not are the number one over team in the NBA 42 and 25 to the over uh, Cleveland 27th in defensive efficiency so uh, Michael would this one intrigue you at all with the with a Cavs team that quietly has been hitting uh, some of these high scoring games recently and they lost by 20 to the Mavericks on Friday and 27 on Saturday, on Sunday to them. I mean, look, I, I, I have a hard time understanding how a team has lost five of seven is favored by eight and a half points. But I'm with you. I mean, Levert and, and Sabonis have been outstanding. Levert had 35 points the other night, 14 rebounds, and Sabonis was 30-13 and 13 assists. So you're right. I think the Pacers can score. I don't think they play very good defense. But if Colin Sexton, who put up 27 and 24 on his weekend down in Dallas, I think it gives them a great opportunity to go over the number. Okay, play of the night from both of you. Michael, you want to pick one from your two baseball plays to give out for your play of the night? What do you got for me? Mr. I, I like the Reds. I like the Reds. Okay. I'll go with the Reds. There, okay. there, there's my play. How about you, Josh? You know, my, my parting weekend gift. There, there it is. <laughs> Josh, you can go baseball. You can go basketball. What are you going to give? I'll be dancing in the dark with the San Francisco Giants in the cold, hey. windy uh, San Fran area. That's what I'll be doing tonight, Michael. 
There it is. Uh, good luck to you. Yeah, you see, you see, you you're betting that you don't realize how cold it is. It you know it's like it's it's way colder than it looks. Well, maybe he me. does. He's got that flannel on. He's ready to go. And the okay. Giants are used to it, right? Texas, they don't know the cold. Hopefully, that's an advantage yeah. tonight. Yeah. Keep talking yourself uh, into it, Applebaum. Keep there you go, it, Mr. Contrarian. <laughs> Fellas, have a great day. Appreciate you. Thanks, Thanks guys. Patrick, you too, Jason, Josh. The nuts is coming up next. We'll see you next time here on the Lombardi Line.